You're listening to the Grow Further podcast, dedicated to helping you on your journey to get from where you are now to where you want to be. I'm Christy. I'm Ellie. And we are your hosts. Grow further with us starting now. All right, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Grow Further podcast, which Ellie, I got to be honest, this is an episode I've been so looking forward to recording. You want to know why? Why? There was a stat that I read that blew my mind. If you are a manager or a leader, you have more of an impact on the mental health of those that you lead than their therapist or their doctor. Boom. That is pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. It blew me away. Genuinely, I I read that and then listened to it. And I just said, how is this possible? But then I thought about my leaders that I've had you know, and just the impact that they had on my mental health. And it made, and then it started to make a little bit more sense to me. But also there's some of you listening that might not relate to manager or leader. So you know who else has more of an impact on your mental health than your doctor or your therapist? Who's that? Your spouse, your partner, Uh the person that you spend a lot of time with. And doesn't that make sense too? But it just blew my mind. So I just want to get your reactions to that. Well, you know, it's uh, to get a little bit more granular, right? Um, there was actually a study. So so I do know what Chris is talking about here. There was actually a study. <laughs> Spoiler alert. You didn't when I told you about it, though. No, I didn't. I didn't. And it blew my mind, too. Um, but there was a study that was conducted recently by the Workforce Institute, and it included 3,400 leaders and employees across 10 countries. Um, and the majority were employees and then a subset of those, like a third were leaders. 69% of people said that their mental health is the most impacted by their manager or their partner. And then only 51% said that their doctor has an impact on the greatest impact on their mental health. And only 41% of people said their therapist has the greatest impact on their mental health, which leads me to ask the question, should they be in therapy or should that therapist be a therapist? That's the nice point. But Chris, you know what was also really, really interesting about this study? There's probably a lot. But wait, there's more. I like that. But wait. But wait, there's more. There's more. The craziest part about it was that one in three said their manager doesn't even realize that he or she has an impact on the team team's mental well-being. So not only does a manager have the greatest impact on someone's mental health, but one in three don't even realize that they're impacting it. So that's why we're doing this episode. And that's why we're here. And that's what the goal of today's conversation is, is around awareness, but also what can we do now that we know that this is true? But Ellie, if you had to, and I know that you've been a people leader for a lot of your career, what Mm -hmm. is your reaction to that? Like when you first heard that stat, what were some of the thoughts that you had? The first thing I thought about is how many times did I show up in a way that negatively impacted the mental health or the well-being of my team? When I think about it, how many times have I gone into a conversation and either mentally or physically, I wasn't in the best space? I either was underslept or uh, I had a really stressful day at work or, you know, my seven-year-old Nico was asking me for the, you know, 80th time, like when, when he was going to be able to watch his iPad or something like that. And, you know, I was at my wits end. How many times did I then have to go into an important conversation or an important meeting or into a, a, a situation where I 
really kind of took out how I was feeling or the stress or the or or all of that out on the people that I was I was interfacing with. That's that's the first thing that came to mind. Um, and the second thing that came to mind is how many times did that happen where I had to kind of fake it until I made it right because I did need to go into an important meeting. How many times did I have to put a brave face on when there was stuff going on outside of work or when I was stressed and pretend like everything was okay? to be able to save face in a meeting because I knew that I needed to try to show up in a way that pretended that I had myself put together. Being a leader is a hard job. Being a manager is a hard job because in addition to managing others, we also have to manage ourselves. It's true. And that's what I heard in your examples, like of what you were reflecting on. And yeah, it, it just the, the need to manage yourself, but then also needing to fake it till you make it sometimes. Let's even talk about us, Chris, right? There are times when you might come to me and um, you might want to share good news with me, right? And something happened right before we got on uh, into the conversation. Something happened right before I got on the phone with you. And it, it was it didn't put me in the best headspace. But I want to be there to be able to celebrate for you. And I want to be there, able to be yeah. able to show up for you. I guess at the end of the day, it's important that I recognize and stop and think to myself, how am I going to show up in this next conversation? How am I going to show up for them? How am I going to, what, what impact am I going to have? What, what am I holding on to that I am going to inevitably reflect or project on them if I don't stop and take a moment before I go, just go into the next conversation, before I just roll into the next meeting? I'm really inspired by what you're saying because I'm really hearing that there's so many things we can't control, but how we choose to show up in certain moments is absolutely within our control. It is. But it requires some self-awareness and of you, but it also doesn't it require awareness for the other person and maybe how they're doing. It does. I mean, you know, there have been times when you've picked up on something going on with me. And, you know, you've given me permission to like, let, let's not move forward with this meeting that we're going to have. Let's not move forward with this conversation. Um, you know, you need to have that awareness of the person uh, on the other side of the, the screen, the phone, the conversation. I love this. OK, so there is so much power in a check in. I want you to think about, and, and Ellie, what you just shared is a power of checking in on others. And I'm so grateful that I do that for you. I probably should do that more, to be honest. Um, but there's a specific moment in time that is resonating with me of the power of checking in with someone else. Because while I wasn't that person's leader, we were meeting. It was a coaching session. I was supposed to go over and debrief an assessment for them. It was so evident that they were stressed because I was asking them questions. They were looking at other screens. They were drinking water. Their their body language was closed off a little bit. And I could just tell. So I stopped the conversation and just said, you know what? How are you doing? Really? Because I could tell that you seem distracted. You might even seem a little anxious. But I, but I, you know, want you to have the space to share with me what's going on and if you're okay. And they said, you know, actually, I'm really stressed. And they went into the situation that they were managing and that they were dealing with at that time. And I simply said, you know what? Why don't we reschedule. Now we had already rescheduled a couple times that session, that time, but it was worth rescheduling again. And she, she said, that would be amazing if we could do that. It, I, I feel like I'd be in a much better headspace if we could talk about it later. And I remember that vividly because that was one of the first times that I did a check-in and there was actually a really big shift in 
the direction that, that we would have gone. I think far too often we just check the block, we go through the motions because it's on our calendar or because it's something that we have to do. But had I not checked in with her at that moment in time and kept on going with that assessment and that coaching conversation, it would not have been nearly as valuable as it was three weeks later. Yeah. And they wrote me an email just saying that nobody had ever done that for them before. That's really amazing. And yeah, it just it just stands out to me. Now, I don't do it all the time. Like this isn't this is something I still have to work on. But that's one of the tips, right? Like check in with others before um, a conversation that could be difficult or just it requires full presence. Yeah. And you know what? It's not always as obvious, especially if you don't have a, a really good relationship with someone or or if you don't have um, so, some really good awareness of the yeah. person's body language, or maybe they're not on camera and you're having a virtual meeting, or maybe you're not in person or you're on the phone. So you can't always know. Right. But one thing that I definitely do, you know, if Andy and I are about to have a conversation, um, a difficult conversation, uh, a stressful conversation, a long conversation, whatever, when we're about to make a big decision, one of the things that we'll often do is say, hey, are you in a good space to talk about this right now? I love that. I love that question. It's it's important because I might not always know what is going on with him right now. You know, I am so grateful he's taking care of D upstairs right now, right? Like he's yeah. taking a, a lot of responsibility when it comes to um, caring for our almost six month old. And, you know, that can be stressful, right? That can be really, really stressful. So taking a moment to not just end my day and then jump into all of the day-to-day tasks and conversations that we need to have uh, is important that we stop and we we just make sure that we're in a good space because we want to be able to show up for each other in in the best possible way. I love that. That's almost like a a ritual of a check-in. Yeah. You know, even if you even if you don't feel like the other person is in a good headspace, just having a ritual of a check in with your partner or your person can positively impact mental health because we have to keep going back to the point of this. Right. Yeah. We impact others mental health. So if there's a regular routine check in or something that, you know, around 730, that's our time to check in with each other and just see how each other's day was. That's greatly beneficial to the quality of the relationship and I know you know that I'm a Gottman Institute nerd. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, the Gottmans also say that that's a great routine for relationships that's um, great. to have. So that's really cool to hear. Seriously. Well, and I think that the last tip that um, I know we wanted to share, th- it has to do with this. And the, the tip is it's okay to not be okay, right? It's okay to not be okay to not be in the space of being ready to talk about it or, you know, being positive in that moment. And the thing is that if, you know, I ask Andy that question, and I say, hey, are you in a good space to talk about this right now? And he tells me no. I have to respect that. I have to respect yeah. that because guess what? The conversation will not be productive. It is more likely that he will get more stressed. It will impact his well-being, his mental health. He will maybe project some of that stress on me or, right. you know, I might get stressed out as a result. And then it just becomes a much bigger thing. I'm not going to shame him for not being okay. I'm just going to say, gotcha. You let me know when you want to circle back. And if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. And another reason for having this conversation today and how it helps us grow further is to destigmatize not being okay. If somebody can say, you know what, I'm not in the great best headspace right now, whether they're a partner or whether they're a leader or a manager. Wait until a moment when you are okay so that you can show up as your most authentic and best self 
to that conversation because we know that casual conversations can turn crucial in an instant if we're not careful and intentional about what we're choosing to say and when we're choosing to say it. And we know that when we're stressed and not okay, we're not thinking as clearly. Yeah, That's just how the mind and body works. Exactly. Research shows that's just evolutionarily, that's how we're, that's how we're equipped to manage stress, right? We go into a fight or flight or defensive mode and we we don't want to do that with people that we care about, the people that we love and the people that we lead. So the moral of the story here is that as a leader, as a spouse, as a partner, as a friend, you have an impact on the mental health of the people that you are surrounded by and that you surround yourself with. And if you're a manager, 69% of your team may think that you have the greatest impact on their mental health. So the question that I'll ask you is, do you want to impact their mental health in a positive way or in a negative way? And don't forget, check in with yourself, check in with others, and it's okay to not be okay. I think that does it, Ellie. I think so. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Grow Further podcast. And between now and next time, grow just a little bit further. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Grow Further podcast. If you'd like to help us grow further, please subscribe. And don't forget to let us know what you thought of today's episode. 